Hello, everybody. This is the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year veterans of Wall Street, uh, portfolio managers, well, analysts. that Vern, have taken 25 on years, as you know. Secret identities. Okay. 25. 25 in my case. We've taken on secret identities, disguised our voices, uh, so that our, basically, so that our bosses can't fire us. Uh, because if they knew who we were, they would, because we're not We're not allowed to do, to do this. this, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why it's just for entertainment. But yeah. every week we get together and uh, talk about uh, stocks, and we use that week's value line investment survey as our source of ideas to talk about. And this week we're going to be looking at the May 4, 2007 May 4. issue. And as my colleague just mentioned, this is for entertainment, entertainment. purposes only. Completely uh, We might own any or all of the stocks that we're talking about or have other reasons to care about uh, whether they go up or down. Well, and, and it might uh, not be entertaining. I want to say that. And there's an element of buyer beware because uh, not that we're selling anything, but you know, who uh, knows? We may know nothing about. We what don't we're know oftentimes about. really very much at all. We'll package it well, though, and hopefully, maybe you'll be you know mildly entertained as we are. Yeah, uh, mildly is the key on that. <laughs> uh, you can visit our website at uh, www.thevalueguys.com to learn more about us. Uh, this week, I'm going to uh, later on the show. I'm going to look at a uh, actually a sort of an eclectic mix of sort of household name kind of stocks that uh, everybody's familiar with. But uh, that's exciting. First, I'm going to turn it over to my fellow fugitive. Fellow fugitive from finance. what? That was a long time ago. I don't know if you should be bringing that up. Val Hughes. Thank you so much. Uh, listen, this week I just want to say I've been having a little dialogue with some of our listeners because I've been going in and ongoing checking dialogue. email. Yeah, and uh, you know we have we're getting a lot of listeners. Keep them coming. But I just want to say hello to. Uh, and I don't know if this is their real name or what, but the Canada family, Don and Matthew, because they have, uh, they've really been, uh, you know, involved here with the show for some time, and they've sent some nice notes. Anyway, thanks, you guys. Uh, this week is a week uh, in Value Line where they're doing a lot of food, grocery, beverage, and uh, some other various Good things. Stuff. Good stuff. And yeah, I went through here. Without any care at all, as usual. Uh, although, you know, we are trying to pick the stocks that go up. We own a lot of these ourselves. But we just, our lawyers advise us that we just have to tell you this is for entertainment purposes only. So uh, these are just pretend and entertaining uh, recommendations. Look, we're, we're letting you in on the process, and you can decide whether you like the outcome. Yeah, I really like uh, anyway, okay, so page 1488. Let's dive in, ladies and gentlemen. Del Monte Foods, DLM. Now, there's two stocks here. Don't get confused. They used to be part of the same company, if you might imagine this. There's Del Monte Foods, ticker DLM, page 1488. And then there's Fresh Del Monte, page 1490. Now, I think we've talked about Fresh Del Monte here before. I think, Burn, you... You recommend it. And, of course, they're gaining share and all that. Food's a commodity. I don't often like commodities. How's it, how's it done? Uh, Fresh Del Monte is uh, It's had a nice little run. It's off the bottom, I think, depending on when you talk about it. Cool. It was, it was last issue. At the issue. bottom. I'm sure it was and, at the bottom. Know, this thing. Now, we've been watching this in the shop for some time. and uh, Please looking, see earlier disclaimers and caveats as to... 
Yeah, no, we, we're yeah, professionals. I, I mean, this is the same professional advice we give during the week to our institutional clients, and we, uh, you know, are highly paid Wall Street professionals. But, right, I mean, we frankly, here we've been drinking, and uh, also we're only using value lines. So that kind of limits you uh, in terms of all the information. But uh, value line's been a great source for years for us. We've been doing this a long time. So, you know, what have you? We look at value line. Always go and check edgar.com or Edgar Pro or do some of your own work. But Fresh Del Monte was a good pick. Vern got that one. It's off the bottom. and it's, 25 years. It's uh, it's 35 times wow. earnings. And it's got a 5% margin, which has been crushed. You've got a lot of commodity prices moving around here that are almost impossible to predict. Uh, without satellite photography on farmland around the world. And so, anyway, but you've been right on that one. I'm not even attracted to that because of the valuation. I'm just going to set it aside. Well, it's gone up, so it's, it's gone up, but it's now. still relative. You know, I mean, I, there could be more in that. They've got to get their margins up, and I guess pricing's a lot to do with that. But what I am drawn to is Del Monte Foods, ticker DLM, page 1488. Now, food is dull and boring, and the growth rate is sort of GDP, and in an environment where the population is aging and getting healthier, actually food grows slower than GDP. And if you happen to have a lot of you know, unhealthy foods from last generation and you don't have a lot of organic and vitamin-laden foods, you gain even less share, lose more share. So Del Monte Foods, you know, they may be in a little bit of a... Uh, of a, what about of a, people paying more to have it cut up and presented in chunk form and, you know, nice little uh -huh. plastic Well, no, packaging. I think that's a, that's interesting. Um, but, you know, the guys that have really benefited from that were the, the, the raw meat producers who, you know, think about uh, your chicken guys who used to sell chickens and now they sell you know, uh, bubble-wrapped chicken in the dairy case to <laughs> microwave and eat. Nitrogen so, protected. Yeah, they've really done well with that. Uh, the fresh food guys have done well with that, lettuce and things like that. But Del Monte, they have a b bunch of brands you've seen on the shelf for years, like uh, Del, Monte. Del Monte, for example, canned fruit. What does Del Monte mean? Uh, I, I, you know, I think it means the Monte. I mean, I'm not trying to go above anyone's head with this. Okay, never mind. Go, go, uh, anyway, Del Monte, which is the, the canned food in the store. Now, that's undoubtedly losing share. You know, supermarkets are building out whole sections of fresh and prepared. and I mean, but there's still a lot of canned foods. I would suspect that as old people die, they lose share on that. But who knows? Then you've got Cantadina. Okay, that's a good brand. I think... I think pasta sauce has maintained share, except for that Adkins thing where the guy said, you know, don't eat pasta, which hurt pasta, but then he died. So pasta actually maybe is coming back. And maybe the Thereby sauce. Thereby repudiating his. Yeah. His Some of what he said no longer has the credibility it might have once enjoyed. Well, does it work? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's dead. We can't ask him. Anyway, uh, then they have this thing, S&W, which I don't know what that is. Starkist. Okay. Tuna's gaining share. I think seafood is up, except for the mercury. Charlie. Right. So I don't know what. I really have no idea what the share is doing on that, but you can look it up easily on the Internet. The government has amazing data on food. Nine Lives. Now we're into some cat foods. Nine Lives, Kibbles and Bits. I don't know. All this right, one. they make every kind of canned food there is. All right, pepperoni What's pounds, the point? milk bone. The point is, you got a very stable but slow growth business. So that's like a government bond. 
slow growth. Okay, what's but the stable. yield? What is this Q and A time? Listen, it's it's got a seventy nine percent relative multiple. That's what my first attraction is. It's stable. They've got brands. They've got uh, a cheap multiple. It's seven times gross cash flow, eleven times free cash flow. Uh, I do have some beefs with this thing. They don't seem to buy stock back. They don't seem to generate a ton of free cash. And they've got 60% debt to capital. So I'm not a fan of all that. But that's offset by the stability of this thing. If you look back over a long period of time, revenues seem to just sort of go up. And occasionally they do an acquisition um, as they, you know, add to their stable of brands. I think there must be some, you know, cost reduction opportunities here. Their operating margin, if you look here, has slowly been ticking up. Uh, and that's good. It means they're trying to get better at some things. Or it could be pricing. You know, I'm not sure about that. But I don't think these kinds of companies have had much opportunity for price. Um, and so it's really a value call. It's uh, cheap, stable brands. And, you know, that's kind of all I have on this. It's not my favorite idea this week. But Del Monte, I think you just got to put it in a portfolio, 50 stock portfolio, 2% position and just revisit it down the road. You could get lucky on this. It's certainly not going to go down from here. Okay. Uh, secondly, a stock we've talked about in the past, Thor Industries, and that ticker is THO for those keeping uh, a scorecard on that. you think they'd be on NASDAQ just so they could add the R? You would. You know, and uh, that'd probably be cheaper for them. This thing has been in a relative, multi, you know, relative performance decline for about a year. What do they do? Uh, you know, by the way, I don't know. Did I mention what uh, Del Monte see. does? Yeah, did, I guess I did. They make food. Okay. Thor did every brand. All they right. listen in listen, the vast Del Monte stable. Right. So Thor. What do they do? A virtual cornucopia Manufactures brands. a wide range of motorhomes, oh, travel trailers, read every brand they U.S. and too, Canada. Well, they have a lot of brands. The theme on Thor, here's interesting. They do mobile homes, RVs, uh, and that's a demographic play a little bit. People get older and richer. They tend to buy Motor these homes, types yeah. of products. And trailers, too, right? They do trailers. A towables is Sorry. known as in yes. the industry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now, these guys over many years have generated really respectable returns on capital, approaching 20% in the strongest years, high teens in most years, and low teens in the worst years. That's pretty good. And they have no debt. So they could crank up return on equity anytime they want by taking on some debt, buying back stock. They have a lot of options from didn't where they, they are. Didn't they buy most of those brands they have? Uh, they did. They did buy them. So they've generated so much cash, they were able to almost to meet, or they paid pretty small prices, I guess. Uh, I don't have a history of pricing here, but, no, you know, what not. they've done is they've created economies of scale around assembly. This industry doesn't manufacture really stuff. They buy stuff from a lot of different places. They buy the chassis, the tires, the cabinets, the steering wheel, the radio, whatever, and they have put it together. And so as they add brands, it's really quite a, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess his, his, historically, strategically strong way to grow. You have an existing platform, you add brands, and you, you know, spread your costs over more brands, gain share. And they've been doing that for some time. They own uh, Airstream, General Coach, Dutchman, Four Winds, Thor Industries. Uh, that's what it says here. I think they may have some others. 
and national coach, comfort trailers, champion, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the situation right now, I think my colleague Vern is going to be discussing. No, no, what? I'm sorry. Did you say my name? I did. Uh, Winnebago. Now, Winnebago and Thor, I think so. I mean, it's sitting there with some ink on it right now. Thor, I looked at these two stocks. I personally prefer Thor. And why? Well, it's cheaper, and their returns on capital aren't as good, but approaching as good. And they're also no debt, and it's also cheap historically. But both Winnebago and Thor have a very big advantage over everyone else in the industry, and that is they're debt-free. And they have about four or five competitors that are just debt-laden. And I don't mean to speak a lot of foreign languages like laden, but these four competitors, and I've just spent time on the phone with the management of Thor and Winnebago, these competitors are about to just go out of business. I mean, go up, look Edgar, look up uh, uh, Champion, and who else is out there? Fleetwood, and uh, there's a bunch of soon-to-be-dead companies. And I think what's going to happen is Thor, and this is just because they said this. And Winnebago. And Winnebago, too. Uh, but Thor's cheaper. But they're going to go out and they're going to have a chance to buy up a lot of stronger franchise, a lot of brands at low prices and leverage that over their existing distribution, their existing assembly technology, and they'll further improve their ability to buy things lower prices like cabinets, tires, chassis, etc. So both Thor and Winnebago have a little bit of wind at their back. The valuation is good because. Uh, you know, there's there's been some concern about basically what raw material prices, va- fuel prices, all that's un- what unwinding. What is the valuation? In the case of Thor, yeah, we are right now at a uh, 23% PE discount to the market, hmm. 14.8 times earnings. Uh, now. Gross cash flow per share. Now, this is pretty interesting. Usually, I like a 10 multiple on that. In this case, it's about 13, except that earnings and gross cash flow at Thor Industries are almost the same number. They have very little capital spending because there's not a lot of technology uh, in uh, you know creating an assembly line of, of, of assembling things. Uh, we've been doing that a long time. And so, you know, they, they throw off a lot of cash. Now, they haven't been using it to buy stock. That's my beef. Uh, they do have a fair amount of investment in inventory because these things sit on lots for people to buy them, and that costs a lot of money. But uh, And they finance dealers as well. That costs a little bit. But I just think you're getting a good valuation. You have wind at your back with demographics, with these uh, potential brands up for sale at very cheap prices. And... I think over the next five years or so, the store industries is going to be an easy double from here. You'll get some multiple expansion, earnings will go up a bit, and bango. It's uh, it's really an opportunity here just to sit around and go up. So Thor, T-H-O, I own it myself. I'd be buying that. I do. By the way, I do not own Del Monte uh, Foods. And then finally, I have one I've talked about before. I'm taking it a little easy this week. Um uh, Take two, TTWO, page 1604. Take two, I'll just read what Value Line says here. They hmm. develop, publish, distribute interactive entertainment software games and accessories for the PC, PlayStations 1, 2, 3, Xbox 360, GameCube, Game Boy Advance, 
They have but s- notorious for <coughs> notorious for Grand Theft Auto. Was that dramatic? I was trying to be. Anyway, mm. Grand Theft Auto is their famous product. I think it's one of the strongest franchises in all of gaming. They own it. Uh, some of the stronger franchises in gaming, like you know Madden Sports. Guess what? Madden owns that, okay? Not Electronic Arts. They pay a royalty. Uh, Activision, you know, they're out there with some strong games that I don't, frankly, know as well. <laughs> Let's see. They do a lot on the PlayStation, the GameCube. I'm looking to see. Value Line does not get into the franchises here. For example, they don't mention uh, Grand Theft Auto at all in the description of take two which is amazing pretty amazing so anyway grand theft auto my opinion is one of the strongest franchises you know there may be a few others in fact coca-cola and the super bowl uh did a takeoff on the grand theft auto game in their advertisement of a guy going around you know being a a do-gooder in in some artificial computer world uh they're about to launch a new uh a new game it's on their website i guess it's you know amazing and there's also negotiations going on right now between some serious advertising companies and Take-Two. And guess what? I've studied these statistics. The number of hours a week that people spend on television is going down. The number of hours a week that people spend on the Internet and on interactive video games is going up, except that television still has 90% of the number, but it's going down. You have technologies now like Apple TV, uh, Cisco Linksys, you know, pretty soon your television set in your living room is going to have uh, the Internet on it, obviously. We all know that who are listening to the show. And so your game, uh, you know, your game companies are going to be like the old movie studios. They're going to be putting stuff out that's suddenly on your TV, and you're going to be sitting back eating a popcorn, except instead of just falling asleep watching some dopey show, you're going to be killing bad guys or having sex with strangers or whatever it is on the television set. And that's all happening right now. We all know that. Take two, here's the real rub about it. I mean, all these companies, I just have a couple of them here, Electronic Arts, Activision, TRQ, Take-Two, they all have their little niches, whatever. Electronic Arts is the big, giant gorilla. But the backdrop to this is that game platforms sitting in people's homes are rising at one of the fastest rates of any appliance in your home. I mean, everybody already has TVs, microwaves, telephones, vacuum cleaners, etc. What they don't have is they don't have a a game machine in their living room and these things are cranking up ten years from now it's it's just you can look at these adoption curves and I've studied them I mean back from roads cars telephones televisions microwaves dishwashers I've studied these these this data is out there it's happening for game platforms right now and the difference between these things is that electronic arts has eleven dollars a share in revenues and I think who has the best game is going to move around, ladies and gentlemen. Of course. Uh, you know, just it's like a the fashion studios. element, right. fad okay. element. Electronic Arts trades at $52, which is five times revenue. Who can buy that? Activision trades at $21. That's four times revenue. And they pay royalties. Take two, one times revenue. Now, why is this? It's because of all of this 
negative buzz on take two, and it got much worse than that, okay? Take two, of course, was banned from Walmart because there were downloads you could get to have fuzzy sex with fuzzy plastic images, and that was bad for everybody. But they're back in Walmart. It was a lot of free publicity. Then, unfortunately, the CEO evidently backdated some options, but he's fired. And then, you know, evidently uh, management... <laughs> There's something since? Now what? Well, management, uh, operating... One of the reasons it's cheaper is operating margins are 7.5% here. At Activision, they're 15, and Electronic Arts, they're 17. Why? It's not because of what sales is. It's because they've had to pay upfront royalties. They've had a series of acquisitions of studios, just like Metro Golden Mayor did in the 40s. And so their SG&A to sales ratio right now is much higher because they've had to pay up a lot of new talent to come on board over the last few years. They've acquired things like uh, Rockstar Games, Gotham Games, Jack of All Games. <laughs> that, those are you know, very different names, aren't they? Kind of says it all. Yeah, so, I mean, they've been buying up studios, paying up in advance, and that's why their margin isn't as good. That's just going to get better over time here. And we got a bunch of new stuff coming out. So I think when you so can you pay... So you still like it? I love this thing. Now, here's what's happened recently. A hedge fund that owned 46% of the company, this was actually amazing to be involved in. I was, I was a listener, and I'm a shareholder. I own this. And so you're actually listening to a conference call where a hedge fund that's bought up 46% of the stock is represented at a meeting that's webcast, and you're seeing the vote as they vote out all the board members and then immediately fire the CEO and president and replace them with their own guys. So this happened live on the Internet about a month ago or two, three, four weeks ago. And so there's now all new management, uh, and they've committed to a couple of things. They've committed to obviously maintain the franchise in Grand Theft Auto, but Take Two's doing something very interesting right now that no one's had any success at, and this could be the home run because obviously Grand Theft Auto is a known quantity and how big it gets or whatever. I think that could just be like the James Bond franchise in the movie theaters. It just goes on forever, and there's new towns Cash that cow. you drive through. And, anyway. And what I was going to say earlier is, you know, there's negotiations right now going on to put advertising on the billboards in the game. Nobody's better positioned than Take-Two to put billboards up as you're driving around in your auto. That's where billboards are. So uh, it's, uh, that, that's, that's happening right now. It's not even in the numbers. Hmm. Um, but uh, what was I about to say, Vern? I lost my train of thought. Anyway, oh, uh, these activists have committed to uh, this initiative that's very gutsy by Take-Two. They've got this thing called Take-Two-K Sports. Now, Electronic Arts owns sports. They have about 80% market share in sports. That's their franchise. That's why everybody loves them. Sports will last forever. They own it. But they pay royalties on everything. Take two, I mean, Activision isn't even trying to compete. No one's trying to compete because Electronic Arts is so huge. It's kind of like no one competing against Microsoft until Google came along, okay, years later. Now, Take Two right now has put out a little thing called 2K Sports. They just bought and paid a lot of money for the exclusive rights to Major League Baseball. So next year, the sanctioned Major League Baseball game, and Major League Baseball is the third largest category in games. I think 
basketball and football beat it, beat it out in sports, but they're number three, and they're going to have the exclusive. Uh, and so, you know, that's going to launch it. They're also doing uh, basketball. They don't have an exclusive. They're doing college basketball. They're coming out with a whole line of games. Nobody's competing with Electronic Arts, who has 80% share. Even if they get 10, 15% share, uh, and you know, let's, let's say, let's listen to this phrase. Uh, sure, you can carry my Grand Theft Auto, absolutely, but you got to carry these frickin' sports games. So those conversations are going to be going on, and they're going to get some market share. None of that's in the in, in the numbers, but new management's committed to that, and they're also committed to improving the margin. I think Take Two, even from here, is a home run. So enough about that. Take Two, TTWO, get it? Home run, Major League Baseball. Hey, Take yeah. Two. Now, I got a couple little quick drive-bys. How am I doing on time? Bro? You're, like, way old. Okay. Apollo Group, ticker APOL. We talked about it on a past no, show. No, no, Cover no, it, no, okay? No, we bought no, it. No. It's up a lot. Okay. Sell it. Finally, UST, U.S. Tobacco. I've talked about this before. Uh, have you? High yield, 4% yield, low relative multiple. Okay, and now turning uh, it over to your faithful partner and, I and colleague. And stay in that. Vern Value. <laughs> Thank you, Vern. Why, thank you for Thanks that. Thanks for your rousing introduction. introduction. It could have been better. Uh, beverage break with beverage uh, break. just uh, me, I guess, because you don't have a beverage. No, I don't. I've been what shut were you out. What thinking about? I don't know. I don't know. Was I going on in a rant? What time is yeah, it? It's, um, it's, it's getting on there, but I'm going to be know. I'm going to be know how much quick. time is going yeah, okay. it's 25 minutes. I'm going to be extra quick this week because uh, I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't have quite as much time to prepare as you did. So oh. um, I I want to talk a little bit about Winnebago because I want to talk about the demographics because I they are important. Um, what do we got here? I don't the know. the uh, the age the uh, number of people over the age of 55 should increase by about 15 percent over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. This is a huge expansion. Yes, it is. In the potential market for this, because uh, and low interest rates help, and a weak dollar helps because it makes foreign travel significantly less attractive to to the age group that is uh, that it represents the Plus largest. Plus, foreigners group of fly foreign here travelers. cheap, buy one of these things, cruise around. This is actually something that uh, travel agents in, in other parts of the world arrange. Yeah, yeah go to mm-hmm. America and get an RV, drive around, drive, around. drive off a cliff into the. Yeah, you, you know, still uh, save Grand money Canyon even if you're burning at the end. Okay, so thirty-three dollars recently. Symbol WGO. Value line doesn't like it. Rates at a four. But I see the stock has had a history of trading 35 to $40, and it's under 34 now. You know, the industry's been way off in the last couple of years. There was a boom right after yeah. 9-11. Well, they rate Thor 4 also. Right. And, it's, you know, we're, we're at... We're at a cyclical trough. We're at a trough. That's why you want to buy it. The motorhome business has started to perk up a little bit. The stocks have perked up a little bit. Um, the uh, trailer business is lagging. That might have something to do with why Thor's cheaper. Well, part right of that is Katrina. You had a huge surge in shipments because of the displacements of Katrina. You're yeah. now up against those comparisons, and people forget, but they're all no, bad they're, comparisons. They're, I think they're starting to roll off some, yeah, too, yeah. though. But uh, earnings are down at Winnebago by about a third from peak. 
Uh, the impressive thing here to me is that they make, I mean, really kind of a commodity product, I, I, I always thought. But even at the worst, they've earned in the last 10 years 8.5% percent. Well, they've got one of the few bankable brands in that space. Well, and, and they're exclusive, and they have a, I think they have a very well-entrenched, strong, probably a competitive advantage in their dealer network. It says here 290 dealers, motorhomes. 94% of revenue. I, you know, we always like to look at who else owns this. Royce owns 14% of this company. Officers and directors, 3%. That's a good reason hmm. to, Thor, to own it. Thor, 38% officers and directors. Officers and directors. Yeah. Market cap here at, at Winnebago with no debt is about $1.1 billion. Actually, you could knock that down to a billion because they have over $150 million of cash on their balance sheet. You don't need that to operate. Um, even though Thor, it, is a, it is a working capital intensive business, Thor two billion I, value lines talking about um, next peak in revenue being at about a billion three off of trough of um, uh, I'm sorry compared to prior peak of one point one billion. The peak prior to that was seven forty three. I mean, they're not. There's a major demographic wave coming through here. Definitely. I don't know when this is going to turn up in a big way, but when it does, this company's going to do a lot if, more though, it's when. than a billion three in revenue. Mm -hmm. It'll be, you know, probably closer to two billion. Well, or plus a like bunch that. of guys are going to go out of business, so their so market share is going to go up. I'm looking at this. It's you know, it's probably five times peak, but a more realistic view of peak in terms of enterprise value. Is got to be you know three to four. So I, I think a very high quality holding. You can rest easy owning Winnebago. Thor's um, cheap. And as you point out, might have an opportunity to buy uh, assets for less than. I uh, think that's the real story pay. here. Is that a bunch of guys are going out of business. Both Thor and Winnebago are going to just gonna be look at handed a bunch of market share. Kroger symbol KR, one of those uh, companies that. Uh, has seen their growth stymied by Walmart's entry into the in the grocery business. The nation's largest grocery store operator by sales with about 2,500 supermarkets. They're number one or number two share in 33 markets. They put the super in supermarket. And they have a big uh, private label I mean, uh, business as well that uh, helps drive superior profitability. Their gross margins uh, under a lot of pressure in recent years still at 24% compared with peaks of north of 27. Um, operating margins look like they've stabilized in the fives, down from the sevens. But return on capital, they've also done a lot of work on the asset base and uh, running you know, running 12% here and with some leverage return on equity around 20%. If you look at the relative performance, it looks like the stock has finally found a bottom. Uh, they've found a way to compete with, with Walmart. How do they do that? Um, well, a lot of it has to probably do location, with, convenience, and uh, they have great locations. But it's uh, it's value added services. Uh, it's um, you know it's having uh, recipes and and all the ingredients right there at your fingertips in the gourmet shop or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know it, this company's not broken. It's less than ten times gross cash flow with uh, uh, a ten percent discount to the market on a PE basis. I make it about a seven times enterprise value EBITDA multiple. This looks uh, very viable for private equity that's looking for, uh, you know, a monolithic uh, sort of uh, leading. Uh, you know, these guys could be a long-term winner in the grocery business. They they make better returns than just about anybody else. So another one of those, as you like to say, put it away kind of stocks, Kroger, yeah. KR. Then the other stock I was going to look at, actually I have to do electronically because uh, I neglected to get a paper copy of it. Somehow I 
messed up. And Let's uh, fire it up then. I was planning on doing it. You know, the thing about Kroger that's amazing is that uh, Walmart has such a better cost structure of distribution and logistics, uh, but somehow Kroger has managed to compete, and I think they've probably taken a lesson from what Walgreens does, is you just convenience, service, uh, have value. People pay up a little bit for Well, that. and they uh, historically, and a lot of uh, longtime loyal customers uh, know that they owned their own food businesses, their own canning businesses. And so there's always been a uh, an implied, maybe even explicit guarantee of quality that came with the Kroger uh, private label business. Uh, which I think you know it may have something to do with why Kroger's ended up thriving in an industry where so many others have failed. Mm. Uh, the yeah. other stock I was going to look at is uh, something called Constellation. Um, sim- symbol is STZ. Value line rates at a five. Okay, That's stock um, traded twenty nine dollars earlier this year, peaked at twenty nine last year, thirty two the year before, recently around twenty two and a half. 15 times earnings, 20% discount to market, about 10 to 11 times gross cash flow, uh, probably more like 15 times free cash flow, uh, but with results under pressure. Uh, Cash flow and earnings per share having peaked, earnings down this year on an order of uh, 10% or so. Uh, And so that's why the stock's down, I gather. Constellation Brands, leading producer marketer of beverage alcohol brands. Um, They own Robert Mondavi and Constellation Wines. In any event, branded wines and wholesale in the UK is 70% of the business. Uh, Imported beers and spirits, 30%. Uh, Big family position. They apparently control all the voting stock. That's a negative, of course. But um, return on capital, pretty stable over 10 years and um, low single digit, um, low single digit, High single-digit kind of territory, uh, very solid operating margins, uh, business uh, severely op- overcapitalized. Um, the um, you know saying that though it's still only it's about a 50% premium to book value, but uh, um, the, the, there's really a uh, much higher performing business buried in here uh, under all of these years and years of retained earnings. They recently made a big acquisition. I guess that also has something to do with why people don't like it. I like this as an LBO candidate as well. Um, um, hmm. But with the family position, maybe. Well, there doesn't seem like there's a lot of spare assets that they could lose right. unless inventory is too high no, or and, and plant and equipment is overstated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I see there's retained earnings, but that's paying for stuff that appears that they're using, like inventories and receivables. Now, maybe that stuff's too high. Or maybe the land, maybe their land is overvalued on the books. I'm just trying to make the argument that this thing could be recapped in some fashion and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you could take some of the value out of the business without impairing it uh, on an operating basis, I think. Uh, And so I'm kind of attracted to it because it looks kind of cheap for – some uh, valuable brand kind of businesses. That's cash flow cheap, looks like. Yeah, times. right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure exactly why Value Line doesn't like it, except that earnings estimates had to be cut uh, because of this dilutive acquisition they've made. Yeah. So legitimate reason, but uh, they've done it now, so you didn't own it when this happened. Now you have the opportunity it's to in buy the stock. it. with stock it in the down. stock. The stock down a lot. 
now they own this faster growing vodka brand, which they didn't have, and uh, which is you know the hottest. It's the fastest growing category in spirits, isn't it? Vodka is it? I think it is. It is in in my house. So anyway, I you know I don't know a whole lot about this business, and uh, but um, I did see a uh, I did see a report in the paper the other day that uh, that said that uh, they've uh, done a study and uh, people that consume a lot of alcohol over a long period of time uh, have smaller brains. Really, I don't understand what you're saying right now. <laughs> so anyway, Constellation symbol STZ. You might take a look at that. Um, I, you know, I liked all mine as sort of sleeper kind of uh, portfolio. Uh, um, you know, well-run business kind mm-hmm. of holding, kind of quiet little. Yeah, holding. nothing uh, really jazzy this week. Yeah, well, I'll just say that I don't know if my uh, I may have I may have hidden my enthusiasm for uh, take two. <laughs> I just want to say, oh yeah, I like that. One. I had to get up off the floor three times. And then Thor, I think you actually, I like that one, but I, I think you have time on that. Um, I mean, buy it. Yeah, but, but you could buy either one of the. You're buying the leaders at the trough, so yeah. either one of them you could Take buy. Take two you'll do very stands well out like a Thor sum, uh, sore thumb, like from, Thor's, like Thor's sore thumb. thumb, right? Probably hit it with Thor's hammer. And uh, I, I do that more urgently. They got you got these hedge fund guys in there. Who knows what they may do? They may be turning around and trying to sell it to Electronic Arts right now. This would be this would be an accretive acquisition to Electronic Arts. Oh, at of three guys. times the price. Oh, yeah. So it's just sitting here waiting for Good you to call, buy. Val. But it's just entertainment. I have no idea about any of that. I hope that was an entertaining <laughs> discussion. But it's just a script yeah. that my mom wrote. Okay. Let's say goodbye, sir. All right. Thanks, everybody, for, for listening in. Thanks, everyone.